Welcome back, Bulls Nation, to another episode of the Nothing But Bull Podcast. I'm your host, Derek, and as always, I'm here with my main man, Justin, Just B. What's going on? School's out. School is over. I'm officially on vacation, and I'm happy to be back talking with you all. I feel like we haven't spoken in a long time, so I'm happy to be back on. And of course, we have Melissa. Missy, what's going on? What up, guys? I'm so happy for Justin's class to be out for the summer. <laughs> Let's go, kids. <laughs> those kids, those kids love life. me. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> go drink as much water as you can. And sit as much as they want to. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it, it's been a minute since uh, we recorded. Um, mainly because the Bulls are not playing, but it, it's not been... because they shouldn't have been playing, but yeah, haven't been playing. So it, it's a few you know, Bulls topics that need to be touched on. <laughs> um, Where do we start? Where do we start? A little bit. <laughs> A little bit. Uh, I guess I don't know. You guys want to <laughs> jump right into the Scotty Pippen? <laughs> that makes me sad as heck because, like, like most of the people that have been in the fandom since then, like that's like MJ and Scotty, like the greatest duo of all time. But seeing this and hearing all the stuff he's been talking about the last few years it's been kind of rough like it's it's clear that he has a lot of things that are just lingering on his mind and a lot of unresolved issues he's gotten bitterness and resentment but just it just stinks to see to see this all happening and there's probably more um more going on in the background that we don't know about but um I don't know it was kind of heavy on in my opinion it was kind of heavy on the slandering I feel like whenever he had an opportunity he kind of dragged MJ's name in the mud but um and I'm not saying I don't think that I'm not saying that there are things that I don't believe or things that happened or didn't happen it's not about that it's just saying I just wish that they could resolve it somehow and you know like we've talked about leaders aren't always the most likable people you, you you're a leader but it doesn't mean you're going to be likable because you are there to push your teammates to be better and I don't know just tough been tough i think differently um i don't think it was sad like i just you know i like when people let you know who they are and we've thought certain thoughts about scotty throughout his career and um you know that that gives us the opportunity to realize that maybe the things that we formed inside of our mind because there is a narrative that gets formed off of uh, teams that are excellent, teams that are associated with winning. And um, we kind of form in our minds that everything was just, you know, sunshine and roses. And apparently, well, it's not apparently. We, we saw the Jordan documentary. Um, and I thought that within that documentary, Jordan was very fair with opening up about the type of person that he was, as far as pushing his teammates, as far as them not getting along um, a lot. 
Um, he called out his teammates before the Bulls became that championship team. And, you know, there were confrontations that you could see throughout that documentary, most notably with um, him getting into that physical altercation with Steve Kerr. But I, I look at that documentary and I think about the, the players who have been on those teams with Scotty and, and Michael and I don't think that there has we've ever come across any player who said that Jordan wasn't fair as far as what he expected from other people. Um, and from that, from the interview that I saw with Scotty, I just was able to see someone who he accepted the role that he had for the team, but he never really necessarily wanted to be in that role. Um, he thought more of himself, even though that people gave him all kinds of accolades. I mean, Scott was voted as one of the top 50 players of all time, but it just seemed like that wasn't enough for him as far as the recognition that he received. Um, and I thought after that interview, which I didn't really want to watch in the first place because he had been, you know, spewing a lot of just kind of petty arguments, but I figured I'd turn it on because it was like, it was Hayes or, I forget if it was Hayes or who it was. It was like, if you're not looking at this video, then you are being lazy. So I didn't, I wanted to be informed, but you know, I, I had the feeling that from watching that interview that I wasn't going to be informed, that I was really just going to hear a lot of the same um, thoughts that Scotty had been saying for the past couple of years that really didn't inform me as to why it is that he felt that way. And a lot of the things that he was saying um, came off as just nonsensical. Like, I just, I, I always considered Scottie Pippen to be the cerebral, intelligent player. And in that interview, you know, a lot of that was just kind of taken away. Like, Colin Jordan, like a horrible player, and just like the contradictions that he had throughout that video, you know, it was, it was eye-opening. So, yeah, I don't feel like it was sad. I just think it gave us a glimpse into who Scotty is, at least for the very time being. Scotty is a masterful technician of hating. <laughs> He's a master strategist hater. <laughs> like, if you've been living under a rock and don't know what we're talking about, Scotty Pippen was on Stacey King's Give Me the Hat Sauce podcast. Shout out Stacey. And said Michael Jordan was a horrible player, horrible to play with for Pippen and Phil got to the Bulls. He was very smart in saying that because it accomplished what he was trying to do. All of the headlines have been about Scotty Pippen says Michael Jordan's horrible player, blah, blah, blah. He's getting all these headlines. He's trying to sell his book. He's trying to sell his bourbon. He already knew that was free promotion that people are going to be looking up Scottie Pippen because he called the greatest player in all of history of basketball a horrible player. So he was very smart in doing that because he knew it would reap the results that he wanted. So that's why I say he's a very masterful technician in hating because... He doesn't believe that. He even went on to say that if Jordan didn't retire, that they would have won more championships. He put him on his Mount Rushmore of the greatest players ever. 
he knew what he was doing. I don't think he believes that. And if he did, then he has a schizophrenia disorder or he was snorting coke before the interview. And he's <laughs> one of the two. It just feels like it's this all resentment and bitterness, I think, from being like, you know, behind MJ's shadow. What do you expect? It's like Michael Jordan. But as much as uh, as much as he's been given his flowers, I still feel like he's underrated as a player. And probably that has a lot to do with it, too. He Pippen could do like anything. He was a very versatile player, but doesn't justify doesn't justify all this anger and bitterness he has towards MJ, at least from what we can see on the surface level. Again, we don't know what happens in the locker rooms, behind the scenes and outside off the court. So yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, we forget sometimes that there's a whole human dynamic behind these players too. They're not just basketball players. There's a lot more, a lot more to that. We as in the public. Um what are you shaking your head about, Justin? I don't know. Like I, I'm listening to like what Derek was saying and you know, I I do agree, like, with both of you, like, with what you just said, we don't know what was going on behind the scenes. And um, with Derek saying that he was looking to get publicity, the problem is, you know, I used to work in a bookstore. And I'll tell you, like, the majority of people who go to bookstores, they don't read. People don't read nowadays. Like, if Scotty was saying what he said, I think it would have done him some good if there was, like, just a little bit of not necessarily pushback, but like the allowance of him being able to contextualize or add some type of element to what he was saying, where there was some kind of story that was involved. He was just spewing stuff. Like there, there was like no stories to really go back and like support anything that he was saying. There was no context. There was nothing to make, in my opinion, you know, what is my opinion really worth? But, you know, to be able to say, those things and not have any type of anecdote story anything to back that up comes across as a crazy person and just just being crazy does not necessarily um translate into people going out and buying your book like people want to hear something behind that um and i think he he did himself like a disservice i don't know anything about his bourbon cells or anything like that. I know people, you know, everybody wants to drink something, you know, but <laughs> I don't know if that's going to necessarily help them with any books because usually when people are trying to sell books, they give you just a, a glimpse into what that book might say besides just throwing trash out there. Yeah, he was very vague about stories he just kept mentioning like his teammates he's like well if you ask anybody back then you know if he was likable stuff like that or he had mentioned um how nobody wanted to come to the team as a free agent while MJ was there but as soon as he was gone you know it was kind of different so I don't know stuff like that with with no solid evidence nothing tangible um but again I don't know I think he's also going through some mental health issues too but um, with whatever else is going on with what we don't know about and you know um unfortunately his son passing though that's not a, a joking matter by any means but he's probably going through some things too I don't know I'm like uh, we know about it I mean the other thing yeah <laughs> he, he's been stuck in the past while his wife was focused on the future that was what I was 
not gonna mention it. <laughs> so Justin This is this like, is breaking <laughs> Justin. <laughs> yep. I didn't say anything. <laughs> Let's bring in our guests. We have a Chicago Bulls writer, works for Bloggable, uh, Jason Pet. And okay, there we are. Jason, how's it going? Good, how are you? Good. Hi, Jason. Well, oh. Hey, how's it going? Hey, Jason, sorry to keep you in that waiting room purgatory. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> we had going on. <laughs> Had a few technical issues as far as starting. It happens. Time, it's the worst. <laughs> thank you for uh, joining us. Um, we were, we couldn't help but start off the show talking about the, the Scotty uh, Pippen <laughs> interview. Um, but um, before um, before we do that, uh, maybe you could uh, just give us a few mentions about like how you got into covering the, the Bulls and, and what your background is. Um, yeah, absolutely. So I don't actually do that much Bulls coverage anymore, to be honest. I got my podcast, uh, Cash Considerations, Chicago Bulls podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. Uh, I used to write a bloggable. Actually, I'm not with bloggable anymore. Uh, but that's kind of how I got like my biggest start was with bloggable. Uh, back in the day, like after college, I kind of just started writing about blogging about sports and the Bulls kind of on my own. Had a few like smaller kind of things that I had and then, uh, whenever I got approached to write about bloggable about probably like 10 or so years ago, I think at this point, and uh, kind of started just writing about them there uh, and just doing some other stuff with Espionation NBA stuff too. And Espionation in general um, done some other stuff for the bulls coverage with like Forbes I'm trying to think, I feel like there's been a ton of random places I've written about the bulls, but most recently was bloggable and Forbes. I said, I don't do that as much uh, really anymore just because my other job but my main job with clutch points is also sports uh media and stuff like that as well so uh yeah so it's been about 10 or so years of kind of just blogging about the bulls and the podcast is like four oh, like four or five years old we started the podcast me and ricky o, ricky o'donnell during like the boiling years i think it was so that was a great time to start a bulls podcast oh. <laughs> uh when jim boylan was the head coach so uh had a lot of fun fun talking about the team mostly just kind of came down to making fun of Jim Boylan and then talking, complaining about how much the team stunk, but uh, it's always just fun uh, to talk about the bulls, even when they aren't so hot, which I know not the most fun to talk about right now, but going into the off season, always, always uh, still fun to kind of talk about what could happen, what they could do. So yeah, that's my background basically right there. In your whole I feel like I killed, I killed my credibility there setting you up and, <laughs> introducing you the way that i did um <laughs> but um with those with that time period that you had um you mentioned like like talking and writing about the um the boiling bulls um i kind of found that like in that time period where the teams like stink it kind of brings out some of your best content oh, uh, yeah. how do you feel about <laughs> about that yeah i mean complaining it's very easy to complain mm -hmm. about the teams and say that you can do better and uh it's been, the Bulls have been very bad for uh, outside of whatever last season, but they've been pretty rough. Uh, like I said, since we started the pod, 
uh, for a while now. So oh, it's always easy to complain. It does get kind of old after a while, of course, when you're just always complaining about the team stinking. Like uh, it was a pleasure last last whatever two seasons ago last last season. Uh, when they actually were pretty good and like a top of the Eastern Conference, so it was a nice breath of fresh air to talk about something that wasn't terrible. But yeah, I mean, it's oh, it can always whatever you have some fun just making fun of the team and complaining about management, uh, complaining about management and ownership for a long time. Even when the Bulls were good, you can always complain about ownership. Uh, but yeah, it can bring out some fun stuff. But after a while, you do want to see as a fan of the team, you want to see them be actually good, and it's fun to talk about games that matter. Uh, and not just like the draft and the off season. Although again, talking about the off season can always, and the, all the slop can bring out plenty of fun too, but uh, it certainly would be nice to talk about more playoff games. And like I said, games that matter, but try to make the best of it. Like, just... yeah, like a period of time that you had the most fun doing what you do. Like, was there any specific moment or game that stood out to you or any specific player, anything that really stood out to you most that, you're like, oh man, I cannot wait to pod with this. Uh, I mean, during the pot for the podcast years, I guess, I mean, just being able to talk about playoff games again last year was nice. Uh, even though they, for the most part, did not go well. They obviously lost in five games. Um, but even like whatever, when I started kind of getting into the Bulls was, was like whatever the D Rose years. Uh, like when I first, I think when I started a blog, well, it was actually like right after he tore his ACL. But when I was killed, kind of just like doing something like normal or just like kind of building up and just kind of writing on my own, like obviously writing about those teams, the uh, whatever the Tibbs teams. And when D Rose won his MVP, like that was great. Like that would have been great to be able to podcast about. I did not have a pod then, but again, that was when I was still starting to get into it. And like even, even throughout those, uh, whatever, next few years with the Tibbs teams, I mean, they obviously were in the playoffs pretty consistently and you had like the, the nate robinson like that, that playoff thing and when they went to the second round against lebron in 2015 and tibbs last year uh when they had D, D rose and jimmy pow and joe keem so like that was that was obviously fun to write about again th- with the podcasting it literally has been mostly bad outside of last year so i mean like last season again playoff games are cool and then when like demar was kind of going through his stretch last season uh when he was just on a roll a lot of fun to talk about him and just when they were going good with with Lonzo and all that but uh we haven't seen Lonzo in a year and a half and who knows if we'll ever see him again so very sad <laughs> like so cast considerations which Justin should have led with yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's obviously Kate Rail when the Bulls traded uh Jordan Bale for cast considerations and yeah. I assume that's what you guys were mocking and yeah it was horrible Basically that, yeah. Obviously, they traded Jimmy. They traded the pick for cash for Jordan Bell, uh, or the, they traded the Jordan Bell pick for cash considerations. I think like that also kind of goes even back even further. Uh, like I remember in twenty, I think it was twenty twelve or twenty thirteen, after D Rose got hurt, I believe they traded Kyle Korver for cash considerations too. Or it was like a, it was like a trade exception, so it was like they traded it for basically nothing. Uh, so like that, we that was always something we mocked because just like a cheap move to trade Kyle Korver for nothing and basically yeah, whatever cash. They might have gotten some cash out of that, but yeah, it was it kind of started with yeah, you trade Jimmy, you start your rebuild, and then you trade. It didn't even have anything to do with really Jordan Bell. Like they would Jordan Bell obviously didn't really amount to anything. He had a few like okay years with like the Warriors or whatever, but like it was it was just more like the principle of the matter. That's whatever they trade Jimmy, you're starting a rebuild, and then you're just selling off your second round draft pick again. Second round draft picks often don't amount to anything, but sometimes they turn into Nicole Jokic or Draymond Green. I believe that year. I've joked about they could have taken Dylan Brooks. I think Dylan Brooks went like 40 something that year. Uh, obviously, Dylan Brooks is now 
hated around the NBA, but he had a few good seasons. And Dylan Brooks is someone like who the Bulls could have probably used for a couple of years there before he became a total heel and uh, complete chucker and gunner. Like I said, he had a few good years there with the Grizzlies. We'll see if he turns things around. But yeah, it was the principle of the matter. You're starting rebuild. You're selling your your second round pick. You're claiming that you have no that like the, their draft board was uh, totally like gone. And we were just like, seems like that'd be a great name for the. Uh, especially when like the bulls like we, we got ownership like to make fun of ownership for being cheap never paying the luxury tax so it all all kind of just worked out perfectly from there for that with that name so you said you started writing about the bulls the d rose years were you a bulls fan before that oh yeah um uh, i grew up a bulls fan i grew up in chicago suburbs uh like i first started watching like 1993 so like end of the first uh uh first whatever three peat I, I mean i was super young i was like five years old then but then like started watching like my dad when he would have them on and i was like a little kid uh just kind of watching not really not really knowing what's going on but interested in it uh and then like whatever the second three peat when jordan came back that's when i like really started getting into the bulls and i stuck with them through the post jordan years those were obviously some also some very bad years but uh i mean i loved watching like the Gordon Heinrich Lou all dang teams, the baby bulls uh, in the mid like 2000s, stuff like that. And uh, have continued uh, ever since, like I said, so basically since I was five years old at this point, it's I'm 35 now. So that's like 30 years of my life being a bulls fan. So fun stuff. It's a, yeah, you've, you grew up like with the dynasty. Yep. So got to ask your opinion on this Scotty Pippen interview. <laughs> if you've seen it and <laughs> what he said about Michael Jordan. Yeah, I mean, Scotty uh, is in a rough place right now, it seems like, with all this stuff. Clearly, um, whatever, the last dance stuff has rubbed him the wrong way. Not really sure why. I mean, I think Scotty gets a pretty fair shake. I mean, some of the whatever negative stuff, but, I mean, it's stuff that everyone knows about, whatever, like the the sitting out the play and all that kind of stuff, whatever. I mean, I thought, I mean, MJ talks about how important Scotty was. Uh, maybe he doesn't get quite as much credit as you would like, but I mean, last dance was an MJ production. It's obviously going to be mostly MJ and uh, between that, it seems like and now uh, Scotty's ex-wife dating Michael Jordan's son, I cannot is. imagine, is uh, really helping the situation here. Uh, <laughs> uh, seems to be probably also factoring into some of the uh, negativity coming from Scotty. And I know like when that first, when that quote was first going around, he was, like, he was on Stacey King's pod. I know Stacey tried to like downplay some of it, but. Uh, the quote that was initially going around, it seemed like whatever made it seem like MJ called him like a horrible or Scotty called him like a horrible player. There was like some of the context. It was more that whatever before, whatever, before the dynasty, before Scotty was there, that it was more like he was a, just like not a winning player again. So like the word, the, I know what he was trying to say. He had obviously came out very terribly when he said, Oh, he was a horrible player. Just because like whatever horrible to play with. I think he did kind of try to clarify. That's what he meant. Just because whatever. I mean, MJ, like, whatever, he was obviously very good. He was not horrible. He was not bad. He was scoring. He was great from the start. Uh, but the, there was the criticism that he was, whatever, difficult to play with, that he was too much of a ball hog. If you've ever read The Jordan Rules by Sam Smith, a lot of that stuff is in there. Uh, from that was And that was from the, the first championship run. Uh, so, like, some of that's – and, like, if MJ would have come up in, like, now with social media and, like, and if he was – and they, whatever, they fell short all these years and – uh, some of the like stories came out about it, whatever some of the difficulties and like uh, his attitude toward teammates. Some people might not have as, uh, as a high, uh, whatever opinion of him just because of some of that stuff. But of course, like calling him like a horrible player, like that was dumb. And 
Scotty again. Scott clearly is just like feeling slighted for multitude reasons, as I've mentioned. So it would be nice if he just like stopped talking about that, but <laughs> uh, it is what it is. I know whatever he's trying. He's trying to sell his bourbon as well, and uh, trying to keep his name out there. He's gonna be. I think he's just trying to get whatever. It's like make stay relevant. Make sure like he's still getting credit, and like Scotty deserves obviously so much credit for that for the dynasty what he meant he was such a good player uh so it is kind of a shame that like that this is kind of happening and was, i would love to see just them all get credit they were all awesome as a team and uh again i wasn't like i, I couldn't fully appreciate it because i was whatever i was like seven eight nine years old uh when i was when that happened but i mean just even looking back watching old games love sometimes just like watching some of those old games uh, on YouTube and watching the last dance, like yeah, you appreciate how good they were. So it's like unfortunate that uh, some of the quotes that have been coming out about it. Yeah. And like even Ron Harper <laughs> tweeted out, like stop putting the microphone in front of Scott. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, it's like that kind of much pretty much sums it up. Um, hope they patch it up. Yeah. <laughs> um, Another and he said no. He's like, <laughs> he's like, no, not interested. <laughs> Even with Phil. They've started contract uh extension talk with Vooch. A lot of people are saying we should sign a trade Vooch. I don't know what for, but <laughs> where do you stand on them talking to Vooch? Should they look to bring him back? Should they try to send him somewhere else? Yeah, I mean, it only makes sense that they'll talk. They'll see it. Just the fact that they started conversations, I mean, doesn't necessarily mean anything. You figured that they were going to, like, if like things were going, like, to- totally horribly and, like, Vooch wanted to go, like, maybe then maybe they wouldn't. He would just been like, all right, I'm out. But, like, I mean, Vooch has been okay. Uh, I think, I mean, you, you look at, like, the trade, and it certainly has not worked out as hope. And looking at, like, what the Bulls have given up, They've given up. They gave up Wendell. They gave up front the pick that became Franz Wagner. They give up another pick now. Uh, what is it? Number 11. So like two lottery picks and a young, good, pretty decent young player. Wendell had his issues here with injuries and stuff. But like he's still pretty good when he's healthy. Uh, not quite as good as Vooch, but like in a few years, he probably will be. So like the trade return does not look good. And Vooch has been fine. Like he had a fine season. Uh, you look at his numbers and like as one of the centers, like, not many centers put up better numbers. It just never always felt uh, that whatever he was making like huge impact. And, and when you look at like the team success was not good. They were mediocre when Vooch, Demar, and Zach played together. They were mediocre. Uh, even though like again, all three of them like had pretty good individual seasons if you look at it statistically. But as a team, it just like didn't really work because of I think just the fit of the team, the lack of shooting around them, the, some of the other pieces. So it just didn't really work. So like. In terms of his future, like I'd be fine if they do not bring him back. Like you could try just trying something. I mean, I think they just need to try something a new direction in some way. I uh, don't really want them to bring everybody back and like Vooch. I mean, that he is a free agent. Like if they could sign and trade something for him, again, what that is, <laughs> I don't know. That's always the big question. It's like, oh, like whatever well, you can let him walk or whatever. Try to sign and trade, but then it's like, what is it? You've seen like DeAndre and rumors out there. Uh, who knows how real that is. I mean, it does seem like this, he might leave the Suns, but like, would he work with the Bulls? He's obviously much younger, a younger option. Uh, has, doesn't have, he's puts up pretty good numbers, but we saw in the playoffs, some of his flaws as well. He's kind of soft, like for, despite being huge and all that kind of stuff. So like, would you try to go younger, maybe a different style of player than Vooch? Like, I, again, I think they should look into that. 
if they bring him back, would I hate it? D- depends on what the extension is. Like, I don't really want to give him long-term money at this point. But if you bring him back on, like, a short-term deal, and it's just whatever. Like, he's made, like, $20 million this season. Like, short-term deal, probably less than that, like, per year. Like, could you talk me into it? Fine. You could use him as a trade chip if you really want to. Uh, it's probably better than letting him walk because I think in general, if you let him walk, it's not like they're going to have cap space really to get someone else to replace him unless you can find someone else cheap, which you can, can't, you can find effective centers decently cheap. And again, while Vooch puts up pretty good numbers, like in terms of like overall effectiveness and impact, sometimes you're just like, eh, is it really there? Uh, I mean, you look like the play in games like against the Raptors didn't do much against the heat didn't do much. Uh, so like, it's just kind of like it's a weird spot like you, you do wonder like if they're worried about they traded so much to get him and now they're just gonna whatever let him walk like after all that like i feel like that makes them look bad so they're like well we just need to keep him around and try to get the most we can out of him as a player uh so you could maybe see some of that so again talk i do think they probably should have looked maybe talked more about this extension stuff during the season and then like maybe they could have looked to trade him in season but Clearly, they had never really had any intentions of doing that kind of sell-off. They didn't make any moves. They signed Patrick Beverly. They went for it. They had the heat on the ropes in the fourth quarter, and now the heat are in the finals, and the Bulls are just clowning at home. Uh, so we'll see what they do with Vooch. Like I said, I'm not totally opposed to bringing him back, but it's got to be right right price. And again, he I mean, he's in his mid, getting into his mid-30s, so you really just can't sink a ton of money into him and just like this core in general. Was, they've been too mediocre. You got to... Uh, either try something else or you know, if you're going to keep this core around, they obviously need to make the, some other right moves around them uh, to help bring out the best of them, whatever that actually is. I feel like um, maybe I'm in the minority, but I feel like, and I'm not saying that you're doing this by any means, but like that people are kind of judging Vooch based off of his first year here, like his first official year. When it wasn't a bad year, it just wasn't what we had saw, what we saw when he when they made the uh, initial trade. Right. Um, but looking at you know you spoke about like the team being mediocre. Do you look at like Billy Donovan and do do you feel like he is a coach that can if they make some moves maximize whatever talent that they have on the roster moving forward? Yeah, for Billy, like I think Billy's fine. Like I don't know. Uh, if he's you consider him great, I feel like there's like a, a few coaches that are like pretty whatever top of the line. Like you look at Eric Spolcher, obviously, a lot of people think he's great. His track record says it, and there's a, some other good coaches that you would probably view as elite. There's a few that are probably bad. I don't think Billy's bad. I mean, Billy does deserve credit for having the team team's defense, uh, basically borderline top five, top ten all season, despite having a roster that you wouldn't really think they would be for that when uh, like have that kind of defense, when you have Vooch, Damar and Zach, your top three guys uh, to have a, a top defense, you got to give Billy some credit for that. I feel like a lot of it has always come down to like his offense and has it been good enough? Like, is he creative enough as an offensive guy, flexible enough? Uh, maybe, I don't know. And like the young player development hasn't been great. So like, Again, I think Billy's like fine. Like I, I'm not, I'm not gonna say like I'm gonna sit here and be like Billy needs to be fired. Uh, like obviously, a lot of big coaches have come on the market. I mean, and have been fired after playoff disappointments. Whether it's Monty, Nick Nurse just got hired, Doc Rivers, uh, who what are the other guys? Who else? I mean, Nick Nurse just went to wherever Philadelphia. So like all these big name coaches have kind of come on the market. Like Mike Budenholzer is the other another one. Like my my podcast co-host Ricky O'Donnell's like, oh, they should fire Billy, hire Bud. Because Bud has a track record of at least like 
he's won a title that was more most more Giannis than Bud. Bud's gotten criticism too for his uh not being flexible enough in the playoffs. So like, do I think there's like a big difference between Billy and like Mike Budenholzer? Budden like, eh, I don't know. Coaches, coaching, coaching stuff can be hard. It's so easy to say, oh, fire the coach, like they're doing a terrible job when we don't see as much. So that's why I'm always like, when people ask me about coaches, I feel like I just never give a strong opinion because unless they're like very apparently bad, like Jim Boylan was, and he was just like an oaf and just like an embarrassment for your, for like to be the face of your friend. Just like Billy's like, it's fine. He like, I, I usually like listening to him talk about basketball. Like I feel like he's clearly a smart basketball guy. Uh, and like, he's a player's coach. Players seem to like playing for him. Is you do wonder if he can whatever get the most out of a team like rising them because even in Oklahoma City, ton of talent in Oklahoma City, they never made the finals with Billy. They had the, I think he was the coach when they or it was Brooks. I can't remember who the coach was if it was him or Brooks when they blew the three one lead against the Warriors. But even when a real Billy was it Billy? Oh yeah. <laughs> and then one even with like Paul George and Westbrook, like those teams were disappointing. Again, some of that could be just I mean Russ being Russ sometimes just going haywire in the playoffs, but. Uh, Billy's never really kind of out coached, I guess, like his talent that much. So like, you do wonder, but like, I'm not going to sit here and say like, he needs to be fired right now. Like he's fine. Uh, I, I would not have given him that secret extension that they appear that they did. Uh, not really sure why that happened after like one decent season, but, uh, but I'm, I'm assuming in general, he's won't be fired. They gave him that extension. He's been fine. Uh, so even whatever, with all these like names on the market, don't think they're going to make a change. And I'm not saying they ne- necessarily have to, but um and the, and some of it also could depend on just the direction they go. Again, it does seem like they're going to try to compete. If they did try to like whatever sell off some guys and rebuild, I do think Billy would probably move on. I don't think he wants to coach a rebuild. That's kind of what happened in OKC. Uh, he didn't want to coach with them when Russ and Paul George left, so he came here. Um, obviously, the results have been just okay. So we'll see. So Billy's fine is all is always what I usually say is that he's fine, perfectly average coach, uh, and that's about that. It is curious that you mentioned that he didn't want to coach a rebuild when he came here. Um, do you think that, um, like, because you mentioned, like, the secret extension. So, obviously, like, ownership does have some type of faith um, yeah. with Billy as the head coach. Um, but as far as, like, looking at the uh, the key, like, the core of this team, if Booch is moved on from who do you think should represent that core or at least be considered to be a, a important pieces moving forward? Right. So what I've kind of thought about uh, just because I just don't know if uh, whatever this core, like I said, it's pretty, it's mediocre. And just, it was, I, I don't hate the idea. I even said, I don't, I liked what they, the idea of what they did with Lonzo, uh, whatever, a couple of the a couple off seasons ago, thought it was great. Love that they were kind of going for it with DeMar, Alonso, Caruso, like really like a lot of these individual pieces. And they were good. Again, they were good for the first half of last season. The Alonzo injury just totally screws it all up. And they just haven't made any other moves to kind of help it out. So like, they're just kind of in this weird spot now where DeMar is expiring and Vooch is a, is a free agent. So like, I've thought about like, I, I would not hate whatever you try to get something for Vooch if you can in a sign and trade. I would also look at trading DeMar uh, just because, Got one year left on his deal. I don't really want to give him like a huge extension that he has deserved. Like he's been very good and you would like he'll he's probably looking for whatever the three or four year huge extension that he has earned with his play the last couple of years. And like like locking something like that in is just not something I want to do. Uh, so, again, just sinking money into the score does, does not feel like a great idea to me. So, like, 
I think they should explore the market for DeMar as well and see what you can get. Not really sure. Again, the fits are kind of weird. You never know. And then like Zach too, they should definitely, I mean, also listen on Zach. And I like Zach uh, as a player. I've kind of, I've been in his corner. Again, he can be kind of frustrating at times, but he's still very good. And he was very good the back half of the season. If some team is willing to come at you with some monster trade offer, that's whatever, similar to like the Donovan Mitchell trade package. I think you have to think about it and just kind of go into rebuild and be like, all right, Patrick Williams, bring back Kobe White. You got these young guys. Uh, you just kind of go young and see where it goes from there. Maybe a tank for a year. Apparently the number one uh, pick for next season is supposed to be is some Lithuanian kid out of Chicago or like Chicago suburbs. I, I didn't even realize that, but it, this kid's going to play for the G League Ignite. It seems like he could be a top pick. Maybe a tank for this kid for a season. And then again, I do really want to see what they, they have in Patrick Williams. Um, I think a lot of people were expecting a lot out of him this season. He was fine. He improved, absolutely improved. He's gotten better as a defender. His three-point shot has improved. But, again, still a lot of games where it just, like, kind of seems like he's floating around and not putting up numbers. Uh, so I'd love to see Pat get more of an opportunity to really find out if he can go to the next level. I've been a Pat skeptic, but kind of with where the Bulls are at, they kind of need to figure out if he can actually be really good. Um Unless they unless they want to trade him, like if they really want to if they really want to keep this core and stay competitive, and I do understand like that not wanting to tank in general, I don't like tanking unless it's like a last resort. Which at this point, maybe you can consider that. But uh, with Pat, like I really want to see him get a bigger opportunity, which he can't really get with the core as is right now. So it's like either move maybe one or two of those guys, move on from one of them. Maybe again keep I find I'd be fine keeping Zach unless you get blown away. I mean also also be fine keeping Demar if you get blown if you don't get blown away, but. Again, as an expiring contract that's kind of t- in, the, in his 30s, that's kind of tough. So, like, if they went with Zach and, like, younger guys and add some whatever other decent players around him, maybe you can be decently competitive and set yourself up for maybe a bigger move in the, in the next year or two. Wouldn't hate that to see kind of just more of what you have with Pat, with Kobe, if you bring him back. Otherwise, if you are, again, sticking with this core and you keep Zach, Vooch, Damar, or even if you lose Vooch and you keep Zach and Damar, Still try to see what you have in in Kobe and Pat. Again, try to bring back Kobe because he did get better this season. And then you just have to do a better, a better job filling out the roster, get more shooting. We hammered it at home all season. They did not have enough three-point shooting. Some of that is because DeMar is such a mid-range maestro. Like He just takes up so many possessions, and he shoots a lot of mid-range shots, and kind of Vooch is similar too. Um, but they need to improve their three-point shooting. We, can see, we see how important it is in today's NBA. So doing a better job filling around the roster with guys that can shoot, um, versatile players and i mean you can there's oh you can find some of these guys on the scrap heap and we see the miami heat right now have built a bunch of, of rotation players out of guys uh, undrafted guys and now you have duncan robinson gabe vincent max struce max struce was the paul guy chicago guy he was on the bulls at one point and then he tore his acl unfortunately and now he plays big minutes in the in uh, on a finals team again so like if you the bulls can find some more guys like that with the, with the means that they have to add to the team uh they can do that and see where it goes but it is just kind of a tough spot losing the draft pick kind of not having much draft capital to use to, in trades patrick williams is probably still their best trade ship uh they have the thing with the blazers and that draft pick see if they work anything out there it's just kind of it's just kind of a weird spot and i could easily see them just kind of being like well we have some talent here we're just going to bring it all back try to add a few other pieces around it because we had the heat on the ropes and now they're in the finals. And if we just get in the playoffs, maybe we can make a run. That definitely sounds like a Jerry Reinsdorf brand <laughs> organizational <laughs> yeah. way of thinking of 
you know, where the, we had the heat on the ropes and yep. they went to the finals. If we won, who knows? But, I don't know. I, I'm not fully against complete rebuild only for the fact that it might make Billy quit since they won't fire. <laughs> I do. I do think he would quit. I do not think it would stick around for a rebuild. I'd be very surprised. I mean, I guess whatever, if they're paying him enough, maybe, but I feel like he might be able to get another job somewhere else for a win now team. Uh, and you get, you go somewhere else, but it just seems like what based on having based on what happened in OKC, he would not really have the appetite for a rebuild here unless they promise like, Oh, it's going to be like a fast one, but I don't think they can really promise that if they don't have any draft draft picks uh, and just like not that much young talent. So like, I feel like he would definitely, if they went the tank route for a year, I feel like he'd be out, but who knows? You never know. <laughs> Maybe that's something the front office can float in the media. The idea that they're going to <laughs> start treating everybody. I don't know. I'm just, I, I, I'm, I'm not, really a big Billy Donovan fan. Um, you mentioned with him having that 3-1 lead, and I thought about it. The, the amount of talent, like you said, that he had on OKC, even with them not um, having Harden on that team, that, that was a team that was pretty well stacked. And one specific thing happened. Um, Andre Roberson, yeah. like one, of, one of their better defenders, I will admit that, but he went down and it was like Billy could not find any way to maneuver around that. And it made me think that was a small sample size. But then we look at the whole entire Lonzo Ball signing. And while I do appreciate what Lonzo added to this team, if we're really like being honest with ourselves, you know, Lonzo was probably what the 17th best point guard in the league. And I think it's kind of problematic if you are relying so heavily on a guy who hadn't even really established himself fully in his career because he was facing, you know, a lot of injuries early on. I think it's somewhat problematic to have Billy in that role where you are going, you know, forward with him as the head coach. When, as you, you mentioned, players haven't developed. The team doesn't have an offensive identity. Lonzo gets hurt, and we have a small sample size of Lonzo. It's 35 games, which I've mentioned before, is only 10 more games than Lynn Sanity. So even that is kind of a small sample size of do we have like a full understanding of the trajectory of Lonzo Ball's career and the effect that he's going to have continuously on this team. But, you know, just coupling all of that together, I still think it's kind of problematic to continue down the road with this guy that you mentioned has not developed players and blew the lead. You know, it's, I'm kind of torn on that. <laughs> yeah. And I understand. I feel like a lot of people have called for ability to be fired again. I feel like the fact the secret extension is just weird stuff. Uh, you have one good season. And again, it was a okay season. I and mean, they were whatever first in the East for a while. Lonzo goes down. Then the end of the season, terrible. I mean, they were one of the worst teams in the league the last like quarter of the year. They were getting smoked on the regular and they got smoked by the Bucks. They get one win, but the last three games they got absolutely embarrassed. So, like, like that should not I know the bar was very, very low, but like the one playoff season where you finish sixth uh and your team falls apart at the end of the year, like shouldn't really warrant a secret extension. <laughs> and again, they did not they did not come out and whatever, like applaud. They didn't say, Oh yeah, we gave Billy an extension. We think he's doing a great job. They, it happened in secret. And it was reported at whatever the beginning of this season that they gave it to him. And it seemed like the same thing happened with AK as well. 
I know obviously you don't want to have like guys in the lame duck year necessarily because a lot of times it just like doesn't work out great. But I think Billy still had I think more time. I don't he had been here what two years only. It's not like they had to extend him, but they did, and they didn't say anything. They didn't announce it, and it comes out as a secret. It's just just weird behavior. Uh, but I feel like just stand standard practice for this ownership. Just weird, uh, like small mentality stuff. So like, yeah, like I, said, I don't think Billy's going anywhere. I'd be shocked. Uh, would I would I care if they fired him? No. Again, I'm so like ambivalent about him. Uh, that we're like where with where the team is at, it's just like whatever, and they can certainly do better. They could probably do a little worse, and that's why I'm just kind of like, whatever. Like, if they just want to keep doing what they're doing, it's it'll be fine. But like, it's just kind of that it is. That's kind of where the Bulls are just at right now. Like in this kind of mediocre, just like level where it's just like fine, but not really good, and you just don't really know where the upside lies. <laughs> You just kind of wish that they would have at least waited till the end of this season because yep, right. what did he really do to earn an extension? A secret one at that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. One good season. Again, the Bulls hadn't been in the playoffs for a while, but one good season where he went 46 games and then he gets smoked in the first round, like is not really impressive. Uh, especially after whatever the expectations were decently high. They make all these big moves. And again, they did have a good record to start the year, but the fact that they did fall apart without Lonzo, I mean, they still had whatever. I know Zach was hurting too, but they still had these guys kind of playing, but the fact that they were like weren't competitive basically at all the last quarter of the year. Anytime they played a good team, they got absolutely thrashed, and then they get thrashed the year whatever. That's one one after they win that game two in Milwaukee, and then they lose the next three like by twenty each. Like that's certainly not a feather in your cap, Billy Donovan. But they felt whatever one good season, one return to the playoffs was good enough to give them an extension, and didn't really make much sense to me. But here we are. Mm-hmm. Going, we have. I feel like you know you started. You, you started off saying that Billy was fine, and we got you to ambivalent. I feel like we're kind of like <laughs> pulling you over to our side here. Um, but uh, do you think there's anything that the Bulls can do internally uh, to grow and get better as a team? Yeah, I mean, you For hope. You hope Patrick again. A lot of it comes down to Patrick Williams again. Again, we thought that was going to happen this year, and he did get better, but just not. It's just been very slow, baby steps with him. And again, some of that is also got to be on coaching. Some of it is just on how the team is assembled. There just aren't as many touches to go around when you have Demar, Zach, and Vooch there. It's, and Pat is just not a guy who seems like he's going to take the bull by the horns, and like go look for his own offense. And we keep waiting for that to happen. And like sometimes you see it. It just does not happen enough. He just seems to be deferential in nature, which is why I would not mind whatever moving off some of these guys and seeing what you have really have in him. Because like, again, with where the upside is of the team right now, it just doesn't seem that high. But uh, if Pat is able to somehow break out in the next year or two, and like maybe he can be one of those guys, like maybe the future does look a little bit brighter. But right now it's like, he seems like just a nice young role player, which is fine. I think he'll have a long career. Again, defensively, he got a lot better. He can shoot decently well, even though his shot's still like really slow. His volume's been great, but you really hope that he gets better. Uh, we'll see what happens with Kobe White. I mean, Kobe, again, he did get a lot better at the end of last season. Uh, I had kind of soured a lot on Kobe. Uh, was at the end of whatever, the end of this two seasons ago, whatever, the last season, whatever you want to call it. Kobe was really bad down the stretch. He coming off the surgery, he was kind of in a, uh, inconsistent as he's kind of always been, but then he was really bad down the stretch. He was really bad against Milwaukee in the playoffs this season. He kind of started slow, but then he was legitimately got better as the year went on. You could see clearly he's made strides with his handle, his three point shooting is still inconsistent. I think that's just going to be the nature of the game, but it was turning into a situation where like he didn't have to be hitting threes to actually be doing good stuff on the court. Defense has gotten a bit better. 
his handle has gotten a bit better playmaking. So like, we'll see if they bring him back. Uh, I know some people have talked about, Oh, like just make Kobe the starting point guard next year, because the bulls do still need a point guard. Don't necessarily love that idea. I feel like I still like him as a, a six man type player, but uh, like if they did move on some, from guy from some of the score and they did kind of go younger and they did want whatever kind of go like Zach Kobe and Pat or something like that. Or if they keep Vooch or two of those three guys, two of the three like veteran guys, would it be the worst thing in the world to kind of see if Kobe can take another step? No, I mean, he still is very young. What is he? 23, 24 only uh, still has room to grow. And like, um, I don't know. I feel like a lot of Bulls fans are probably now spooked by what happened with Lowry, uh, whatever in year six blossoming into an all-star level player after being very frustrating to watch in Chicago. And uh, I mean, I was, I mean, I'm not going to second guess the Bulls trading him. I thought it was time to move on from Lowry. Um, and I mean, he was only with Cleveland for one season. They give him up in the Mitchell trade, and then he he finds a perfect situation for himself in Utah, and he becomes an all-star. Like that's not going to happen with everybody. Lowry's a, a kind of an outlier case. Like Jimmy Butler was kind of the same as well. But uh, it does so, sometimes teach you to be. Sometimes you have to be really patient with these young guys uh, to see. It, to, it takes a little longer than usual. Like a lot of the best best guys will be a little develop a little faster, but sometimes they don't, especially depending on situation. So. Uh, you do have to hope that the young guys that the Bulls do have there, again, Pat and Kobe are the two big ones. Otherwise, I mean, Io was kind of disappointing this season. I'm an Illinois guy. I, was, I loved seeing Io's rookie year kind of get a lot of minutes and kind of break out. And this season was expecting more from him, and it just didn't really happen. He kind of fell off. Like, I'm not sure if he'll be back or what they'll do with him, but uh, they just don't have that many young guys. Uh, so if you're looking at internal improvement, it's like it's on those guys. So uh, other than that, we'll see. <laughs> Missy, what you thinking? I was going to ask, but Justin already kind of went there. I was going to ask about... <laughs> oh, my about, bad. My bad. <laughs> no, about the free... Like, all of our free agents. I mean, we got Vooch, Io, Kobe, Javante, Pat Bev. They're all free agents. I was, I was just going to talk about the point guards, but you actually ended up t- touching on that. Like, with Io having kind of... Yeah, a disappointing season this season in comparison to the season prior. Um, we were all chanting for Rookie of the Year his first yeah. season. And... Um, he kind of just, I don't know. He kind of just fell off this season. Yeah, the shot never came around really mm-hmm. with him, uh, and just yeah, seems like he might have lost some confidence there too. So it's a bummer. And some of those other names you mentioned, uh, I mean, Beverly will be interesting. Uh, I I'm sure they'll try to bring him back. I know I know there was some like rumor out there that he was Beverly was looking for like a lot of money or like a lot more than he should be getting. They, the Bulls did play a little better. Uh, whatever the, the fourteen and nine record. They they could point to after they brought him in after the break. I don't really put that much stock in that. That part of the season is often kind of wonky. In the play-in games when it really mattered, the Bulls got smoked by the Raptors for, except for one quarter, and they won because DeMar's daughter made the Raptors miss 18 free throws. Like, they should have lost that game. Like, Zach, Zach and DeMar's daughter single-handedly won that game. So, like, and then the Heat game, they blew that one, too. So, like, when it really mattered with whatever, with Beverly around, like, he didn't do much. But like if you want to bring him back as a veteran, whatever leader to get these guys fired up and all that kind of stuff, like I certainly don't mind it. Um, we'll see. Uh, like Javante, Javante tough with the injury stuff with him. Like love his energy, love him as a, a down the bench guy. But another problem with him is just like and just the roster in general is they just had so many guys that felt like they were kind of similar, like him, Io, like Derrick Jones Jr. Even. All these just like energy guys who can't shoot worth a lick, uh, and like whatever. It's nice to have like maybe one or two of those guys, but like they had so many guys on the team 
and just like brought down the overall shooting of the team. It's just like hard to bring all these guys back. So like, if they try to bring Javante back again for cheap, like I wouldn't hate it at the end of as an end of bench guy. But they need they need to use some of these roster spots on guys who can actually shoot the ball. They need to not have Marco Simonovic on holding a roster spot like he has for mm-hmm. whatever two years now and not able to play. Please use that roster spot on somebody else. Uh, they, and they certainly could use another just upgraded point guard in general if they try to get um, some type of veteran option in there. Uh, I know the D Rose rumors. I, I saw some one of the, some New York guys talking about Rose. Uh, uh, again, I wish Rose shot better, and he's whatever he's kind of getting up there too. Like you would worry about him kind of going the Dragic route. Uh, Dragic was good for like a month, and then he just kind of fell off, got hurt, and then he's kind of washed up. Uh, just would love to some players who can shoot the ball. Uh, love a, a good veteran caretaker point guard that could just be a bit better. Like I said, I, don't, I just don't know how much they can actually do. Uh, with what they have salary wise, like I said, if you want to make a trade, if you want to get something really good, you probably have to trade Pat. Uh, I mean, some of the point guards out there this summer I mean, off season, there's not that many like Fred Van Vliet's a name. I don't know how, like, I know like a Raptors athletic writer talked about, Oh, like you could trade, use Lonzo's salary and like trade Patrick Williams to get Fred Van Vliet. Like, I don't know if I'd really do that. Like, I don't like Fred's good. And he's, he's a Illinois guy, but like, uh, getting a little up there in age and miles. Like, is that really going to move the needle for you? I don't know. It's like, it is just kind of tough to see like what they will do to, for some of these, whatever, or get a better point guard to add some shooting, but it's fun in the off season. Always fun to talk about and look at uh, ways they can get better because they certainly need to get better in some way. If they're not going to, re- if they're going to try to stay competitive, they need to get better in several areas. Uh, if they look to trade a uh, rebuild, then obviously sell off some parts, sell off guys and do whatever, but we'll see. <laughs> Well, we know Derek is a big fan of Carleek Jones, and Drummond has been working on his three-point game, so there's hope. Remember when Andre Drummond made, what, a couple three-pointers in the uh, preseason? Everyone's like, oh, is Andre yeah. Drummond going to be a three-point shooter now? No, he's not. <laughs> he never took one. Yeah, I think, I think he took I think he took like a couple maybe in the regular season, and uh, but that never turned out into a thing. It was a fun preseason flash in the pan. He had ice in his veins for preseason. <laughs> Thawed out during the regular season, but Would yeah, you have um, done anything differently last season in terms of like all the rotations and stuff? And like, for example, we picked up Dalen. Dalen really didn't get too much playing time. Yeah, we talk about internal development. I guess I keep forgetting about Dalen Terry because the Bulls forgot about Dalen Terry. He didn't play uh, at all, and like he clearly was super raw. You can't shoot. Uh, he's when you put him out there, he's just kind of like running around, just a ball of energy, uh, which. Uh, good. Like again, again, that kind of falls into like they have all these energy guys you can't shoot. Dalen, Javante, Derek Jones Jr., even Crusoe is like that too. Like Beverly, Beverly's an okay shooter, probably the best out of that group. But like you have all these energy energizer bunny guys, but they can't shoot and just kind of brings your team down. So like they need to get Dalen in the shot lab, work on that shot, get that shot better. Uh, because I'm assuming he will hopefully get an opportunity. You would think that your number 18 pick would get a chance in year two. Um, but again, he's clearly just has a lot to work on in terms of that shot, in terms of just like awareness on the court. Because again, while that energy can be good, a lot of times if you're out of control, that it can be not good turnovers, fouls, stuff like that. So clearly got a lot to work on. We The sample size is so small that we really don't know what they have. He's super young. Would love to see more of him next year. Would I, would I have liked to see them maybe give him more of an opportunity this past season? I think so. Because I mean, the team just wasn't very good. So like you might as well have tried out, tried him out a bit more. I don't think it really would have mattered that much. Just again, he was a young, super raw player and just isn't good yet. But 
even just to get him on a better developmental track to get in some more minutes, I think he was like possibly the bottom in the league out of all first round picks who played or very close in terms of minutes. So like if they're going to develop guys, uh, I guess that comes back to the Billy thing about not developing young players. Uh, love to see Dale and Terry get some more minutes and make, and make some strides this year. Yeah. Dalen has played the least amount of minutes anybody has ever played from being picked at that. Uh, that there you spot. go. <laughs> there <laughs> like, it is. We were calling for like all season, like you can just throw them out there and give them a few minutes. And like, you're just giving them none. And then yeah. you're just sending them down to Windy City to play. Yeah. But yeah, um, it came out a report that said privately the Bulls don't think Lonzo Ball will ever play again. Are they going to use that career-ending exception and get that twenty million to be able to sign somebody? I mean, or I would. I don't. They... I don't know if they'll use. Yeah, I don't know if they'll use that career-ending <laughs> one yet. But they have the disabled player exception they could use for next season, and there's no reason to think he'll play next season. I mean third surgery and the surgery is like super unique. There's no reason to expect him to play next season. Uh, may And then at that point, he'll be going to what year four, the final year of his contract. Like maybe he'll play in that next year. Again, it'll be a slow process though, to get him back. So like, I'd be surprised if they went that full, like whatever career ending route surge or whatever contract thing route, but disabled player exception they can use. And I think when that is the case, I think they get something like they can use like half in the, the DP is like half of his salary. So I think it'd be like 10 million or something like that that they could use to, I believe acquire someone in a trade. I don't know if they could sign somebody with that. I not totally sure. I'm not that all totally up on the, on the CBA and all that kind of stuff, but it would be another Avenue to possibly try to add to the roster. Again, there's always the concerns about luxury tax. Are they, how much are they going to spend on this team, especially with how mid they were, who knows, but yeah, when it comes to the Lonzo thing, they should use something to try to get some relief there and try to use another avenue to uh, to improve the team because he's not going to play the season. If there was any chance of him even returning this next season, like he he wouldn't be good. It'll take a ton of time for him to get back up to speed. So there's just like no reason to think that he will be back and making any type of impact in at least this coming season. And he might not ever play again. I think that's definitely a possibility based on what's happened and based on the reporting out there. Yeah, the um. Career ending exceptions, the full 20 mil doesn't go towards the cap. Disabled is half, which would be 10 yeah. mil, but it counts towards the cap. Right. And would push them into the luxury tax. Yep. And we know that Jerry is not <laughs> yeah, paying exactly. the luxury tax. Exactly. So it's either use the full thing and have money, or you're, you're just going to sit around and pray right. that Lonzo comes through the door eventually. Yep. Yeah. They had to do something. You can't just let it sit there. Uh, I mean, if you want to try to trade him, I don't know who's taking that contract. You have to, again, you, that's a situation where you trade the contract and then you have to trade like Patrick Williams or something else good to get something okay back. Because I don't know who's taking on that deal unless another team is just like willing to take him again, like, and then whatever, use that ex- career ending thing and just like get him off the books. Uh, just doesn't seem like a trade is feasible. You never know though. Uh, sometimes weird stuff happens, but yeah, got to do something with that contract because he's just, you can't have 20 million sitting on your books, not doing anything. Just bottom line. You know, a lot of people have been talking about since the Bulls like don't have money and maybe trying to trade with Portland for their pick so they can draft Scoot 
and use him as the point guard. But I think like giving up Zach or Damar. Do you <laughs> see that as a possibility of AK trying to go that route and trading for the number three pick? I mean, based on what he said, no. Uh, he says he doesn't want to really rebuild and do that. Uh, do I think it's something they should look into? Yes. Um, would the Blazers do it? It does not seem like it. I've talked to uh, one of the Sean Hyken Blazers guy. He used to cover the Bulls as well, but he covers the Blazers now. And based on what he's heard, hearing, does not seem like that's something that really interests them. They have other targets in mind. Uh, I know like the Michael Burgess thing has come up. doesn't seem like the Nets are interested there, but you never know. A lot of posturing going on now. Pascal Siakam, we'll see what the Raptors do. OG, uh, we'll see. Because, I mean, the, the Blazers need defense more than they really need offense to go with Dame because they still had one of the best offenses in the league last year. It's been their defense has been so bad. And like the Dame Simons thing is kind of just like Dame CJ all over again. Uh, just Dame's a bit older, although he's still really good. And Simons is, I mean, he's getting better and he's pretty good, but I mean, similar to CJ kind of undersized and just, their defense has been bad. So like, it seems like they might go for a defense option. I mean, we'll see maybe even Jalen Brown, if they, if the Celtics do make him available, I don't know, but it seems like there might be some other names. The Blazers might be interested first, but like never hurts to call and see, because I do think whatever, if you are able to kind of get a rebuild going with Scoot Henderson as your point guard, like you could do a lot worse, uh, especially since the Bulls just like don't have many young, like blue chip talents. And uh, if you, tra- if you trade one of them, I mean, if you were able to trade Damar for the third pick and tomorrow and whatever, and like you still have Zach there and you have Scoot, like, uh, I don't know if Pat Pat might have to be involved there too, but I would, I would probably do that to get Scoot. Uh, like maybe you have something cooking there. We'll see. Like I said, I don't know if the Blazers would be interested, but something you should at least explore. The Bulls should be open to doing anything, basically. <laughs> What's funny? Justin? Sorry, it, it wasn't. It wasn't like necessarily a ringing endorsement. <laughs> you could do a lot worse. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it is interesting. Um, uh, all of this is just comical uh, in the wrong sense of like <laughs> what the Bulls have going forward because a lot of it is based off of hope. We hope that Lonzo can return. We hope that Pat can turn into who we thought that he was going to turn into. Uh, we hope that Dalen can develop, but as we know, hope is not a strategy and it will get GMs fired eventually. <laughs> uh, but we've uh, we've had you on for a while and we want to get you out of here because we know you know you're you have different commitments as well but before you leave is is there anything that you uh, wanted to tell us about or anything that you wanted to promote yeah absolutely so mentioned the podcast which i'm actually about to go record right now with uh with my guy ricky o'donnell we're also we're gonna have stefan no on who uh writes for sporting news he used to write for the athletic he used to cover the bulls uh, if you don't follow him on twitter he's great love it i think it's stefano maybe or i can't remember exactly but uh, he's one of our guys we love having talked to him videos so much used to do yeah they are awesome. His videos are awesome. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, we're, we're going to be talking with him. Like I said, literally right when I get off this, I'm about to go uh, talk with him and Ricky. So we'll have more fun Bulls talk, but that's on Cash Considerations, a Chicago Bulls podcast. We're part of the Blue Wire Network. Um, like I said, that pod will be up. We'll record it tonight and it'll be up later today. So look out for that as an addition to obviously this pod we just we're recording right now. Um, Twitter, you can follow me. I'm at Bulls underscore J. Um, and then besides that, I said, I work at clutch points. I don't do as much writing anymore, more on like the management editor editor side, but, uh, just shout out to clutch points as well. Um, if you don't know clutch points, we do, we're known for uh, a lot of the fun images, a lot of NBA fun, like NBA images. We do all sports as well though. So shout out to clutch points, cash considerations, Chicago Bulls podcast, and then 
I said my Twitter is at Bulls underscore J. All right, Jason, thank you for coming on. Yes, thank you for having me, guys. It was a pleasure. Love to do it again sometime. Always down to talk Bulls, even when, again, there's it's a lot of it. We're just banking on hope. Doesn't seem very great right now, but I can always always ramble on about the Bulls. And again, if we, it just comes down to us complaining about the situation, always good for that. So thank you for having me, guys. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Jason. Yep. All right. So that was our guest, Jason Pat. Um, cash considerations. Make sure you listen to that episode he's recording tonight. And yeah. Missy, what's going on? I heard you heard you got a package. <laughs> yeah, I got some stuff. <laughs> I'll just show you the two shoes. <laughs> you want to see them? Of course we want to see them. <laughs> yes. <You're> conveniently <laughs> right next to me. <laughs> Shout out, Jumpman, Jordan Brand. First box. What we got? The wrapping paper. Ooh, Travis Scott. Both. Nope, Travis Scott. I can't believe we're doing a sneaker unboxing right now. (laughs) And on to the next box. Like, hey, it's off season. We gotta, <laughs> you gotta fill this with something. This packaging, Rose from the concrete. Mm-hmm. Not Derek Rose though, but <laughs> Tiana. That's the inside. Let's see all the details on the packaging. Just, just so nice. fun. So clean. That's the wrapping. It these though. <laughs> How many sure packages do you have there? Um, this is the actual shoe. There's two pairs of oh, shoes. Okay. Okay. Whoa. These are so clean. Look at the details on this. You got to back it away from the camera because it's like picking up like other stuff. There you go. Yeah. Fire. These are beautiful. I was actually like, I really wanted these. So shout out Jumpman. I mean, like these are just beautiful. Look at the stitching here and they what they did with the swoosh. She was stressing out over this release. And I really was. <laughs> it just shows up at her door. <laughs> I really was. I was like reposting it too because I'm like, when they first posted it, um, it was Tiana. She gifted it to Lil Wayne. I know you might have seen that video. You guys follow? Yeah, the rose and mm-hmm. like the Beauty and the Beast rose. Yeah, and I'm like, oh my god, I need those. And then they sent a bunch of merch too, which I'll have to. I'm gonna do some. I'm gonna do some content on it, but like the whole like line. This is this is Tiana's line. It's all kind of mixed together. Can't really, I haven't really unfolded anything, but like cactus strap stuff. I'll show you the bigger pieces. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of stuff. 
I'll show you the bigger pieces. Okay, this is, can I really take this out of plastic? It's a lot of work. This is the Cactus Jack Moto Jacket. So we got some content. Yeah, you gotta, yeah, it's set to do up a, a selfie stick or <laughs> ring like something. Like a, a moto across, like this beautiful. Nice. Anyway, that's a bunch of a, a bunch of clothes. There's also the Tiana's uh, varsity in here too, which it's just too much to unwrap. You'll see some later. <laughs> it's a lot of stuff, but yeah. Shout out Jumpman. Shout out Jordan Brand family. Thank you. Shout out to Jordan Brand, and of course Missy is part of the women's collective, the Chicago group. So right. big props for that. Thank you. Man, man, like I said, uh, it was Rose from Concrete. Uh, maybe D Rose is back on the Bulls mm -hmm. <laughs> in the veteran role. Um, would you guys want him? We actually didn't even talk about that. Like, would you realistically want Derrick Rose back on the team? I've said if this is going to be like a retirement tour. Sure. I, I'm not expecting him to like be MVP D Rose. Oh yeah. I mean, it's not even getting minutes in New York, but when he wants to retire a bull and use this as a retirement tour, why not? Yeah, I'm with it. Take him over Pat Bev. But Oh I would, I would. I mean I love what Pat Bev did for the team. I mean you guys I've been talking about that. He brought a whole different type of energy and presence to the team. And he even took well, who's who's uh whose numbers was he taking credit for? I saw. Zach. Who was it? Zach. Zach, that's right. <laughs> yeah. After the trade deadline, he was mm -hmm. he made some <laughs> comments about Zach's numbers post trade deadline, which is alluding to, you know, him taking credit for for all that um, saying that we would have been the four fifth seed if he was here the whole year good for him i'm not mad i know he's trying to hear the bag and he did do a lot for the team i i loved having him but um if i got to pick between the two of them of course we're going to go with the hometown hero of course definitely but not more than uh not more than just a slopperoo Otherwise, we can sign him just to retire a bull. I would love that. Justin is Justin's shaking. forever shaking his head. <laughs> I I would like, you know, if it was one of those honorary, we're going to have you sign just to retire, I would be cool with that. But there are so many question marks of guys who really, really need minutes, um, like Kobe and like with Dalen. Hate for anything to get in the way of that. Not that I would have any problem with D Rose signing because I think D Rose can still play. Um, he could still be a valuable part of the team, but um, there's just a lot of question marks with this team at that particular position um, that they, they have to find out. So that's going to be more to appease the fans and just like it's nostalgia. It's not going to do too much for the roster, it's not going to do too much for our team, advancing our team, but it's the jury move to sale sure. ticket. Correct. Exactly. Yeah, that that but that's like 
<laughs> that's another <laughs> thing that I'm like, sure. I don't want him to have another reason to sell tickets oh, yeah, and no. get away made, from. They're going to do that anyway. Mm-hmm. I know, I know, I know. Because business is business, I guess. So. I mean, we're fans. We're 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 blind <laughs> love for this team, but we're gonna go to games anyway. Mm-hmm. Why not bring some type of feel good to it by bringing Derrick Rose back? Listen, that's like the loudest the crowd ever gets is whenever Derrick Rose <laughs> checks in. <laughs> like, I went I went to the Knicks game and it was like deflated, and then Derrick Rose checks in and the crowd went nuts. Of course, that's what Jerry would want. Of course. <laughs> so like you can have Derrick Rose. Or you can have Carly Jones. I'm taking Derrick We already know who you're taking. You, <laughs> right. We know you love Carly. It's, you know, Derek you don't Rose even have to finish time. that spot. That man better not have a contract <laughs> on this team this season. Carly is going to ball out. He's going to ball they, out next year. They they converted him to a regular season contract for a few games last season. That's enough. Bye-bye. <laughs> There's no re-signing him. Carlique is going to ball. He can take Marco with him. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, um, yeah, uh, other than... I guess looking forward to seeing if they do anything to on the draft night. Next thing we have to look forward to is Bulls Fest, which is August 18th through 19th at the United Center. Justin, or have you gotten your your flight details and stuff in order? Or are you going to come? No, not yet. I am working on it. I'm I'm I have a lot of things that are in transition right now that I am working on so hopefully and there's a good chance that leads me to chicago on those days but it's still wait and see we'll see you then (laughs) (laughs) this gave you no choice we'll see you then (laughs) you gotta complete the trio so just letting you know i'll find a way that's right i'll find a way yeah, I guess. And till next time, then go Bulls. Go Bulls. Go Bulls. Go Jimmy. Tennis game over. The horn blows. Oh.